You're listening to the shorter, digest version of the Hutton Orbital Radio Show, with the Hutton News, the Hot Pit Bit, Commander Flossie and her community goals, Galnet Digest and Buck Naked's Top Trucker. If you want the discussion section and the green room, there's also a longer version of this podcast available. Whichever you choose, do enjoy the show. As a shining white beluga lines up for its next jump, a smaller vessel with corroded paint, a Hutton decal or two, and a spluttering engine accelerates away, turning in the direction of Hutton Orbital. On board, the radio team are still in their finery, though it's looking a little lived in. As they settle into their flight couches, one of them mashes a hand against a control panel and the sleeping producer jumps as if electrocuted before calling out That makes alive! Good evening everyone! We made it safely back. Well, you know, they made it safely back. I'm Dick Chafing, and joining me in the studio, it's them. Good evening. Hello. Welcome. Ooh, we're here. Watch it. <laughs> and on that note, let's do the thing. Hutton points the finger. Barb's got mods. Oh. Hutton's not lost. Hudson angers everyone. Atrus hugs a Thargoid. Lou loves his naughty step. And Norm has got some brown tea. First tonight with the apology officer snowed under with yet more reports of mysterious bum dialing incidents waking truckers up at all hours of the night and day. Our medical team, headed up by Nurse Wyeth, has been trying to put their finger up the co- uh, on the cause. It turns out that the finger was the missing piece of the puzzle. The source of all the troubles is quite simply the poor-fitting flight suits of commanders who aren't the shape they um, thought they were in Zero-G. <clears throat> the manufacturer's recommendation is that flight suits should be a second skin, but for many this has been sagging like a coat thrown over the back of a wicker chair. Or worse, with creases, crevices and canyons, worse than a gravity-flexed planet with a riven crust. The poor fitting of the flight suits has led to a condition more commonly known as fat finger syndrome, due to the swelling of the extremities. This has included cheeks of both kinds, fingers, cankles and googly eyes. Diagnosing whether a commander has a poorly fitted flight suit is quite simple. Our propensity to mash the control panel with a hilariously oversized hand and hit the boost button when docking, the weapon trigger when scanning, and the buy all button on bio waste are easily recognizable early signs. 
looking like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, or conversely, like you nick someone else's skin and are wearing it as a suit, are surefire indicators. Eddie Lee Wise and sons of Lave plus his daughters, tailored to the masses, the masters, the inside leg measurement, have recommended that all pilots should get themselves measured as soon as possible, as the pilot in your mind might be a different shape from the one that sits in the chair. Especially after one too many Ginster's pies. Have I just read an article that called me fat? Well, I never. Tharg, the mightiest minions, fresh from the battlefront and having had a few weeks to bask on the ammonia beaches and munch their way through some human popsicles, courtesy of all the escape pods that they've been stealing, seem to have caught mods. Yes, mug ownership deficiency syndrome is a debilitating condition that can strike unawares and has symptoms that mirror many of the galaxy's most nasty, itchy or just plain icky conditions. It turns out that Thargoids, mug deniers that they are, are not immune to a dose of space flu, brought on by mods. Pilots near Palin's previous palace in the Pleiades have reported that a new kind of Thargoid vessel has been seen, with flaky skin, leaking green goo, and uncharacteristically unconcerned with engaging in combat. Humans being humans, this hasn't stopped a number of commanders pinning them down and force-feeding them a shard round or two, but Alvin, being the soppy git that he is, has recommended that they be left well alone. Firstly, as it's mean to kick a Thargoid when it's down, and secondly, because he doesn't want anyone bringing a bad case of ick home to Hutton. As we find out more about this illness, which definitely doesn't have anything to do with anyone called Jameson, mycoid plagues, or strange experimentation from Palin leading to his evacuation, we'll let you know. As can probably be surmised from our presence on this show, and the lack of party noises in the background, Maiden aunts chatting up available young gentlemen and the sounds of someone's best mate vomiting into the ice bucket, we're no longer on the wedding barge. Having boarded it last week, we forgot to take note of the flight plan and as a result have been wandering around space for the last week with nothing more than leftover cake and a few hundred tons of Centauri Megagin for company. The industrial scale, industrial scale hangover might be kicking in soon, but we're glad to report that thanks to Commander Aiden, the entire radio crew was returned earlier today to the bosom of Lael Wolf. Not literally, we'd like to add. At Hutton Orbital and have at the very least had a shower and hidden the DJ box full of wedding tunes at least until such time as some other trucker does the I do and gets hitched. It turns out that finding a wedding barge, despite the ever-present system-wide spam of nerves from grooms-to-be and possibly the brides too, is harder than it appears, with ceremonial comms appearing everywhere but almost every one of them being a funeral barge. There were concerns that the team was never going to be found. It may be that all that spam's just a single ship on an extended tour of 20,605 populated systems. Or maybe they have learned to hide really well, so no one steals the wedding gifts. The annual Pro Rogue Tournament on Sol got off to a riotous start this week with roguelikes including Jupiter Hell. 
premiered on this very show only a few weeks ago, being selected as the Pro Rogue software of choice. Federal President Zachary Hudson has come under fire during the opening speech of the tournament after many participants claimed that he was unfairly timing his opening speech in such a way as to limit the available game time to only a matter of days before the awards ceremony. As such, and with permadeath being one of the most prominent features of any roguelike, it gives commanders only one chance to achieve that lifetime high score and walk away with a gold medal. Whilst some campaigners stated that any good tournament should involve round after round of grinding away at the same thing, many professionals just want to weed out the weak and get it right down to the nitty-gritty of mincing some digital do-wrongs with a minigun. Of course, many columnists have suggested that these maneuvers are a less than subtle pistache of actual political shenanigans. But we reckon the guy just likes shooting his mouth off at every opportunity, on any subject, and for any reason. Good evening, truckers. Atris5060 here with a special report. The good news is that Tharg's still on holiday and wandering around systems that don't have humans in. He's thick of the taste of them. He really is. He's had too many kebabs. The other good news is that he seems to have left some new friends behind. And what's more, they're friendly. So if you want to pop over and say a quick hello, they're visiting Palin's old house. As they say, be gentle as they're probably more scared of you than you are of them. Auntie Ida, or is that IDA? Still needs a hand with the clearing up, so don't forget it's all for the mug and let's name this hugger Thargoid Week. Alright then, toodaloo! Well, there I was, checking through the systems, looking for problems and thinking everything was really good. Lots of systems where they should be around 50% influence, no nearby factions trying to muscle in on our patch, and I was almost expecting Alvin to wag his tail at a BGS report for the first time in weeks. There is a little swelling in George's pants, but nothing that a sharp tap with a cold spoon won't sort. And someone's got carried away in trepping, although that's probably just fruity testing out the pre-season cider harvest. But no, it's never that easy, is it? I don't know what Amelia said to you last week, but I'm bloody sure it wasn't everyone go to Wise 0855 and shove the damn place into expansion. Now was it? It certainly wasn't. Just in case hammering wise isn't enough, do the same in LP532-81 either. Now, you lot had better start listening. Otherwise, I won't be speaking to anyone, mainly because they don't exist, and telling them to make our systems more comfortable. And when I don't, they won't be able to put all of our systems into lockdown, which would mean no mugs, no gin, no indie bourbon, and no prayer stick, which would also mean Cecil sobers up, and no one wants that to happen. If you want to push systems into expansion, bugger off to Colonia and get tear sorted out. Speaking of which, um, yes, uh, uh, yes, work everywhere in Colonia, bounties, data, missions, passengers, trade, everything in all systems. Just make sure it's hot coal stations. Over to Norma. 
The SAP Core Legion faction has launched an initiative to build a state-of-the-art medical facility in the Heike system, which has some significance in the field of medicine, and has requested independent pilots to deliver various commodities to Bone Enterprise in the Heike system. More later. An orbital radio where all the sexy people go and anacondas sell for 100 credits. Incoming message from Hackscom. Well, Hackswing, Tharg seems to still be hiding this week. There have been no new infestations or invasions reported, and Eagle Eye continues to report the same uninhabited systems. Operation Ida is currently hauling supplies to Hamway Port and Apishna if you want to help the rebuilding effort. You can check OperationIda.com at any time to see where they are currently hauling to, and check the Thargoid report in Galnet to see what supplies are needed. Tharg does continue to hide in the non-human signal sources in the Witchhead Nebula and the Pleiades sector if you want to show the Thargoids we haven't forgotten them. We have seen one new development with the discovery of the Orthrus Interceptor variant. This has been spotted over Palin's old base in Maya. It has a similar hole configuration to the other Interceptor variants, but scans seem to show human technology in the internal components. It is yet to engage in combat and attempts to wake out of the area the moment it is seen. Until this variant shows hostile intent, do not fire on it. If you want to investigate it and scan it, feel free, but do not engage it in combat unless it attacks first. As always, keep your eyes on the signal sources and stay ready to defend the mug. And AXCOM transmission. Defend the mug. Hello, truckers. It's Percy Thrasher here. Now, it's been a little while since we last had a poem from our listeners. I've been busy farming my barnacles, but they all ran out, so I've been waiting for them to grow back. This little ditty came in the other day. It's called Hutton Cargoes. Huge Type 9 of Ashinar from distant Empire, cruising home to Haven in Sunny Alden with a cargo of composites. And ales and separators, regulators and Centauri Megagen. Stately Hart and Beluga docking at an Orbis, dipping through the rings by a gas giant shores, with a cargo of diamonds, lepidolite, niobium, arsenic and mosionite, and jadeite ores. Dirty pirate cutter with a sun-caked paint job, button through the toast rack in a mad CG, with a cargo Bio-waste, shock mounts, onion head, polymers, data cores, and Fujin tea. Lovely little poem. I'm getting back to my barnacles. It's flashing. 
here with this week's Community Goals News. This week we have a new CG, SAP Core Legion Commodity Drive. The SAP Core Legion faction has launched an initiative to build a state-of-the-art medical facility in the Heike system. Heike has some significance in the field of medicine. A species of tea plant native to the system played a vital role in the development of a cure for the Cerebus Plague. Sapcore Legion believes that this detail makes Heike an ideal location for the new installation. Professor Macklin Fox, speaking on behalf of Sapcore Legion, said... SAPCOR Legion wishes to build this facility in response to a number of recent outbreaks and epidemics. When one also considers the current Thargoid conflict, we feel humanity would benefit from an additional off-world medical resources. Independent pilots have been invited to deliver advanced medicines, thallium and medical diagnostic equipment to Braun Enterprise in the Heike system. The initiative is planned to run from the 29th of August to the 4th of September 33.05. And of course, if the final target is met earlier than planned, it will end immediately. And that's this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. Important message from Code. Are you the kind of commander that likes drowning kittens? You are a do you leave the toilet seat up after every piss? You are a pirate. You drive a fertilance and refuse to use your indicators. You are a pirate. Do you have an eye patch on both eyes? You are a pirate. We're the code and we're recruiting for your sort. Help ruin someone's afternoon and join the code. Yar. Yar, har, Being a pirate is a wretched thing. Galnet News Digest, 29th of August, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news... It's awful being an orthrus. Lessening the learning curve. Carrying on the questions. Death on this day in 3301. It's awful being an orthrus. Footage has emerged of the newly discovered and highly timid orthrus interceptor being chased and attacked in a variety of ways. The Orthrus, which looks like a cyclops but samples as a basilisk, and that may be Claxian, may be Oresrian, or may be some sort of human Thargoid techno mashup, attempts to escape. But human commanders have discovered that it's all too easy to slow down the poor little thing long enough to blast it to shreds. Commander Tado Chip 
achieved the first recorded kill against an Orthrus. Dropping early out of his glide towards Palin's old base, he found himself perfectly lined up to ram the Orthrus, and with the superior engine power of his crate, he was able to pin the Thargoid to the ground while systematically blasting apart its five hearts. Later commanders found that the Beluga is the perfect ship for pinning down an Orthrus, and it's now open season on the non-violent Interceptor, which displays a no-to-violence banner when targeted. But it's not just humans being inhuman to the Orthrus. Commander 2K Neodragon has published film that appears to show the Orthrus being pursued into hyperspace by a swarm of Thargoid scouts. Is the Orthrus an outcast? Tune in next week to find out. Lessening the Learning Curve Flight instructor Theo R. Costa has confirmed that he will start training commanders from Wednesday the 18th of September. He looks forward to helping pilots new and old to steer through hoops. He will remind commanders mirror, signal, manoeuvre, and he will expect commanders to perform an emergency stop when he taps the dashboard. But he won't teach you to dock. That would make things way too easy. Carrying on the questions. The Pilots' Federation has brought a little more clarity to fleet carriers. Rather than release the full spec sheet, it's been playing a game of 20 questions, where commanders have to ask the right questions to get a useful reply. This week, we've learned that fleet carriers will have advanced technology that means they can jump to a new destination any day of the week, not just on Thursdays, as long as they have fuel. The fuel will be a purchasable and mineable commodity, but there is as yet no confirmation that it will be Quirium. You can jump as far away as you like in 500 light-year jumps, as long as you have the fuel. No? You can't jump into permit-locked systems, but feel free to try to find isolated stars that have somehow escaped being locked. Fleet carriers can be customised, presumably with very, very large nameplates, but cannot be bought using ARCs. They can only be bought with hard credits from the Bank of Zeons, and can only be bought in the name of a single commander, not a group or a squadron although that commander can then allow others to dock at their discretion. Carriers can only be bought in certain systems, the nature of which remains obscure. Although they are effectively indestructible, they'll be persistent and can be used by other commanders even when the owner is asleep. They also have a means of defending themselves, even though they're indestructible. Each fleet carrier will have a support vessel assigned to it that'll be appropriate to the type of work its owner has kitted it out for. The fleet carrier's loadout will be tied to the type of support vessel. If you choose to sell your fleet carrier, don't expect to get back as much as you paid for it. That's just not how the economy works. Death on this day in 3301. 
Four years ago, August the 29th, 3301, was a key day in the fast unravelling scandal of the murder of Federal Vice President Nigel Smeaton. With the revelation that Smeaton had been trying to prove that the explosion that destroyed the Highliner Antares was not an accident, but in fact was sabotage. Not only Smeaton, but a member of his security detail and a reporter for the Federal Times were killed, quite possibly in an attempt to silence them. This all happened before the similar so-called accident that destroyed Starship One and ultimately led to President Hudson replacing Jasmina Halsey as president. During the same week in 3301, the recently deceased Emperor Hengist was lying in state on Capitol. The Imperial Internal Security Service began their hunt for Emperor's Dawn under the direction of Senator Petraeus. And the Fuel Rats celebrated their 1,000th rescue. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Caviano Gateway Hall, there is a plaque upon the wall. What is it for, this marble mount? Listen to me, and I'll recount. The stories that I heard that night, here long ago, I cowered in fright. Whilst underneath the stars my fate was played out twixt the mad and great. One dark night, the valiant few the Hutton truckers and their crew set off for Maple, mugs in store, to cure the sick and heal the poor. This tiny band from Eden's son, the pirates counted twenty-one, but their translators out of tune, for that's our leader's nom de plume. Vanteon and Psycho Cow, no scars yet? Assemble now. At Ross 154 Form 8, all ships report, we can't be late. The wings were made, les jeux sont faits. At toll of eight, we sail away. Firework of wakes across the sky. Folk bow their heads and wave goodbye. Alien, cloaked in shadow, flew. With Mobius's help, her way was true. Jump by jump, the fleet grew tense. Irrational exuberance, there we stopped for fuel and tea. We gave the waverers choice to flee, and though we felt the rising gloom, we all flew on to meet our doom. As we passed on through Forculus, we heard reports of battles fierce between our friends and their dark foe. A shadow on our hearts did grow. We passed into uncharted space, a cold and lonely dangerous place. Desperate radio calls from friends as some of them met noble ends. We passed on through like ships at night, but lo, we see Maple in sight. Turn our ships and race for shade, run like the wind through their blockade. We hove in sight, our ships appeared. The mothers waved, the children cheered, the mugs are safe. Now journey ends, we drank a toast 
to absent friends. But something's coming. Something new. A shadow passed across Pad 2, a murderous warship of renown, as Alarose came barreling down. I wheeled around and dove away while screaming, Freiheit, save the day! My brothers chased him, out of reach. Alarm bells ring, canopy breach. Dark echoes reverberate. The heavens blink. Higgs bosons shake. A dying ship. A helping hand. Is there a chance for one last stand? Run for cover, remlock on, two minutes till my air is gone, but now vile treachery descends. Another lurks amongst my friends. I might have made it, yes I might, but for Nonya's cobra strike, a searing blast, our mugs were fried. The mothers wept, the children cried. Dust and ashes, tears and pain, so near and yet so far again. When all hope's lost, what can we do? Our mission's failed. Can it be true? Fire and debris marks this place. Terrible beauty hangs in space. But smoke rolls back like shimmering water. Through it swims our last pink orca. Trumpets sound and church bells ring. The mothers laugh, the children sing. For this was the day the kids were freed by Hutton Trucker's daring deed. Mission complete. They leave the station, locked in missing man formation. We're off for now to our next meeting. Flossie's lost and overheating. So now you know, my stranger friend, how truckers met their bitter end. And when you pass this way again, look at this plaque and think of them. The truckers saved us from disease when I was a child and on my knees. But here I am, I still remain. Their sacrifice was not in vain. Now you're a trucker. All you gotta do is truck that truck. When you're a hunting trucker, if you can't turn a profit, then you're out of love. For the mug, let me fly all over the space. Point to two lightnings crossed at a hill of a base. Just turn the wheel and keep that smile on your face. Maybe someday soon you'll be a top trucker. Good evening, truckers. It has come to my attention that this is the point in the show where some American usually tells you all about the famous pilots that are good enough to be considered as top truckers. We understand that this person has been detained at our borders in some kind of test run event. So tonight, Hutton's top trucker will be read by an Englishman. I am sure that Mr. Naked would have liked to ask you, uh, how do we keep up with your goings-on while you have a, a jolly jaunt around in the Milky Way? Some kind of rhetorical statement, but anyway. 
why we installed this very small piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you haven't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. This is almost as pain-free as bath time with the lower fourth during spring term at Eton. So, let us continue to our top truckers from last week. From the explorers, jumping around like the game birds on the glorious 12th do when the beat is, um, a beat, uh, Commander the Bradigan took the lead with 53,592 light years jumped. Yippee, it says here. Upsetting the Don's pirates, as we do with the peasants, was Commander Atik 2 with a respectable 51,089,841 credits earned and accounted for. Jolly good show, sir. Now, our top mission trucker for the second week running is Commander One Cat, with 1,398 mission points earned. This is a good score, but you're obviously flagging, Commander. See me after school. Commander Zandre is obviously splendid trucker material as they trucked about 74,458 tons this week and that is more than the weight of my nanny. Driving the Hutton high-speed train again this week, Commander One Cat hauled 908 passengers around the galaxy whilst they were earning those mission points. I think that One Cat must be some kind of chauffeur. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is still held by Commander Rampage 737 in 1 hour, 22 minutes and 40 seconds. But our fastest run so far in this month of August was done by Commander Ricardo D'Alep in 1 hour, 23 minutes and 41 seconds. If you think you're a smarty pants and could beat these scores, then download the Hutton Helper and commence flying, Commander. If you're gauche enough to want to hear your name on this radio station, then make sure you have the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and begin trucking. Oh, Freud, where are you? And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you are currently bereft of one, do get in touch with us to get your own Hutton decal, or sticker, for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways, the only ships in the galaxy with a place for the recovery of any postillions struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs>